Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, episode 35. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello there, and thank you so much for joining me for episode 35 of the podcast. And I'm your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Really glad to have you here with me today, as I am always. It's so nice to think that you might be going about your day or walking the dog, maybe getting ready in the morning and you're listening to me talk. So thank you. I really do appreciate it. And I normally ask this right at the end. And then I did some research the other week and I stupidly, I don't know why I thought this, because actually this shouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But obviously you have a drop off throughout the podcast. So depending on the type of podcast it is, what it's about, some people don't listen all the way to the end, which, like I said, if you ask me that about videos that are online or anything where someone has to engage, I would say, obviously, that makes sense. But for some reason, I forgot that this might happen on the podcast. So normally at the end of the podcast, I ask you so nicely if you would be willing to give me a five star review on iTunes and not to forget to hit the subscribe button. And obviously there is a percentage of you that either when you hear the podcast wrapping up, you kind of think, yeah, okay, we're done now or people that just don't get to the end. So I'm going to get it in early and I'm going to ask you if there's any chance you would mind. I would be so very grateful if you could possibly give me a five-star review as this obviously helps the exposure of my podcast. And also if you hit the subscribe button, then you'll make sure you don't miss an episode. Anyway, sales pitch over. I apologise. So today I'm bringing you another interview and I'm really excited about this interview because Actually, I don't know about you, but often I find that social media gets a lot of bad press. Obviously, there are a lot of concerning things that happen because of social media or things that happen on social media that aren't great. 
And I'm certainly not dismissing those things. It's just that actually in my world, there are loads of really good examples of positive uses for social media, not only for businesses in order to reach their customers and their audience, but also some really good messages that are out there. And today I'm going to be bringing you one of them. Today's interview is with the amazing Chris Strub, who has a fantastic story to share with you about how he used social media to promote the message of numerous charities all over the states in his trip that was called 50 States in 100 Days. So back in the summer of 2015, Chris was only 29 years old and he travelled solo and without any funding, I might add, so no sponsorship deals to do this. He travelled all the corners of the country to promote stories of youth-related non-profits. He used social media and live streaming as a way in which he could convey that message. And from that trip, he wrote a book and also has a film, which I was very honoured to be part of the first live screening in Nottingham a few weeks ago when I met him for the first time physically meeting him at Marketed Live, where he was the keynote speaker. Chris now offers courses, he does keynote speaking, and it was an absolute pleasure to have him on the podcast. He's such a nice guy. And you know, one of the best things, he's completely humble about what he did. And I still don't think he sees the impact that he had on all those charities or the amazing story that he can now tell. So I really hope you're going to enjoy this episode. He also gives some great tips and strategies away along the way. So without further ado, here is the lovely Chris Strub. So I am so pleased and excited to welcome the super lovely Chris Strub to the podcast this week. Welcome, Chris. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. So I said in the intro that although I'd followed you for some time, we had um, only met just recently at Marketed Live where you were keynote speaker and you are such a lovely guy and I loved your talk and I love spending time with you and it was a great event and your first time in the UK. Oh, it was fantastic. It was such a joy. Uh... Uh, to be over there. I'm so grateful to Paul and the team uh, for bringing me in. Um, I had an unbelievable time. Um, and uh, I'm glad to hear that, you, the, that the talk went well. Um, we screened the film as yes. too, which was great. So it was a really, really exciting week um, all around. I just, I had a fantastic time and it was such a great first impression uh, of the UK for sure. Oh, good. I'm so glad because I think we joked while you were here that um, you were saying how friendly everybody was. And I said that I actually thought I'm going to get shot down now by all people in the UK. But I actually <laughs> thought that when I go to the States, the people in the States are super friendly. So it was lovely that you felt that we were all super friendly too. Yeah, you know, I, I think you and I talked about that a little bit actually when I was over there, which is, uh, you know, it all depends on where you go and, and what your experience is, right? Like the yeah. States, uh, and I could talk to you about the States all day, it all depends depends on where exactly you are, what communities you're diving into. Uh, again, I was exposed to, over in Nottingham, the very best of what the UK had to offer, <laughs> right? Like I'm surrounded by you and, and you know, Lucy and, and, and uh, you know, all these other, you know, Paul and all these wonderful, wonderful people 
you know, both in the, the contemporary, in the hotel, um, oh. you know, downtown Nottingham was gorgeous. So, you know, I was put in a great position, right? And it sounds in, in our conversations as well, when you come over to the States, you mentioned you're, you're coming back to California in, in a week yeah. or two, that you're, you're, go, you're putting yourself in a great position as well and surrounding yourself with some really um, smart and lovely and, and compassionate people. So it's lucky, but it, it's luck by design. You know, we're, we're, we're both getting better at putting ourselves in these, these advantageous positions. Yeah, I totally agree. And in fact, we've just said that one of the things that I like to do, even though obviously we are huge advocates for social media, actually, there is still a huge part of me that likes to get physically in front of someone because that is when you can make some real connections, I find. And I know it's a long way, but sometimes these trips are really worth doing. Yeah. I think that's why we connect so so closely, Teresa. Uh, I mean, my company is called I Am Here uh, LLC. You know, I've spent much of 2018. Yeah, literally. So I've spent much of this year and, and last year um, traveling around uh, my country and now, of course, over to the UK uh, with that exact same goal in mind to get in front of people. Um, you know, and social media really gives us the opportunity to do our homework in advance uh, to research a little bit. And to start building those relationships before that meeting so that when you do encounter that person for the first time, you have a bit of background. And, and boy, that sounds a little creepy, you know, when you kind of put it that way. But from a professional standpoint, that this is what we do as, as marketers and as networkers and relationship builders. Um, we want to make sure we have those right people on our radar so that when we do have those encounters, um, we're able to hit the ground running with that conversation and be able to pick up with exactly what we're looking to accomplish in that conversation. Absolutely. And actually that is such a perfect way of putting it because the fact is you do start building those relationships on social media. You start to interact with them. You start to see what they do, what they like. They start to see what you do and like, and, and therefore it just makes that meeting so much easier and it opens the door for it. Whereas if you went in completely cold to try and get a meeting with someone or to try and get someone to meet you for a coffee, it's not going to be easy. It. Yeah, no, um, it, it's not. But um, I, I do think there are so many opportunities there now to get to know, like I said, the people in advance. I would also say, Teresa, that in my travels, uh, I used to be a bit nervous. And I, I've I noticed that it, this in our conversation uh, over in Nottingham as well, you know, or even in your podcast with, with Amy, where you're talking about, oh, I have this dream list of all of the people that I'd love to speak to uh, for the podcast. And I've, I've really found that the more you travel, the more you, uh, more conferences and things you go to, the more you realize that even the, the quote unquote, the big names, uh, these, these people that we really look up to in the industry, they are so incredibly nice, like yeah. with, with almost no exceptions in our industry, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the, my favorite story to tell is when I met Joel Kahn for the mm -hmm. first time um, at Summit Live in just the nicest man you could possibly meet. And, you know, he's keynoting this, this conference, uh, mm -hmm. Summit Live in San Francisco in 2016. And you just expect, okay, man, there's thousands of people here. They're all here to see Joel. He's got to be kind of, you know, haughty and uptight. And like, he yeah. doesn't want to talk to, you know, someone like me. I'm just a kid. This is my first social media conference. Like, uh, it was the total opposite of that. Like everything I thought in my head, everything that I was worried about unraveled within two seconds of meeting Joel Kahn. And I think that encounter in the hallway in San Francisco totally reset the tone for me for what it's like to be in this industry, in this relationship building industry. And from that point forward, everyone that I've really tried to connect with, I think has just been fantastic. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really how I got to, to the UK. 
was this exact sort of uh, game plan, this exact sort of strategy, if you will, yeah. uh, meeting Biz Paul, right? At Social yeah. Media Marketing World. I was like, this guy is awesome. If, if you see the two of us together, we're like brothers from another mother. <laughs> um, we just immediately hit it off and now we're like best friends. And I got to go keynote at this unbelievable conference. Yeah. And honestly, it's so good meeting these people. And I think the other thing it makes me think is, I think for the up and coming people, you know, which hopefully I'd class myself in, I'd obviously class you in, you know, well, not you're a bit more than up and coming. You're definitely more known, uh, you know, widely than I am. But when, no, no, honestly, but you know, for for the likes of us though, (laughs) it makes us want to help everybody else. And perhaps that's where it comes from. Perhaps because the people above us are showing us this really lovely way of being and wanting to support people coming up and support people to be better at what they do that actually for me I just want to help everybody else up you know I just want to keep kind of lifting them up to kind of build them up to where where we can all be I want it all to feel like this yeah I love that sentiment Teresa of wanting to be able to lift others up and I've been talking to a lot of my friends and colleagues in the industry uh, about this one one of the folks that uh, I I so dearly want to help is uh, Ben Roberts um, who was also at uh, marketed live. He's working on yes. his book, uh, the, the marketing, uh, about his marketing buzzword podcast. Um, yes. and he's just a phenomenal guy, right? And yes. this is the Lovely. theme that we, we can keep coming back to throughout the, this, our entire conversation here is we just, we have the opportunity to meet people in this industry that just blow you away with their kindness, their generosity, but also their, their intellect and their ambition. Yeah. <laughs> and when we talk about, uh, you know, uh, uh, stratifying uh, people in the industry, right? We talk about the the, the uh, people who have been really successful, and uh, you've uh, interviewed, you know, Pat Flynn and yeah. Amy Porterfield in recent weeks. I mean, that's awesome. Um, yes. You know, what, what I think we all have in common is the determination to want to be the best at what we do, right? And and want to be the best in our field. Uh, that was a major theme, of course, at Marketed Live as well, is, is uh, do you want to be the best, right? Yeah. At, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't come down to how good you are at creating uh, an Instagram post or uh, can you schedule out your 25 tweets a day? That's really not what it is. No. It's really about what is what is your goal? How do you want people to think about you when when you're not in the room? How do you want to be spoken about in that conversation? And I, I can sense and I can I can see it. And I, all your listeners can hear that ambition in your voice as well with wanting to raise the bar with this podcast. But Teresa, it, it, to me, it's just, it's all about um, perception. You know, I talk on stage too about how we are all famous to a few people. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it, it's no offense to either one of us that 99.99999% of the world doesn't know who either one of us are. <laughs> but what really matters is, no, I'm just being frank about it, right? Yeah, but cool. in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, what, what matters the most is the, the value, the energy, and the excitement that we bring to the people that we are connected with. Yeah. You know, and that, that's when you start to, the wheel starts to turn, you pick up that momentum, and then you, you, one day you wake up and you're Amy Porterfield and you have this unbelievable yeah. impact on hundreds of thousands of people. And it's because of that ambition and that drive and that determination that you put in over the years. 
And I love that. I love that actually one, one of the things I think about, and I think it was possibly Amy who mentioned it on a podcast where she talked about, um, she did a podcast about, you know, how do you get going if no one knows you? And she basically said, you love the people who do know you. You give them more value. You appreciate them. You don't sit there and think, oh, I wish I had, you know, 10,000 downloads a week for my podcast. Don't get me wrong. Wouldn't that be lovely? Absolutely. But I appreciate every single person that is sat listening to this. I appreciate the fact of everybody who comments on an Instagram post, everybody that interacts with me, and I love them for it. And I desperately want to help them back. And for me, that is actually something that you don't just, um, you don't just say or do, you are literally living that. Now we've jumped on a little bit because I wanted to kind of give your story. And actually this does fit in perfectly at this point because you are the epitome of giving back and being completely uh, selfless that you are just doing what you do to help other people. Because one of the things that you said that we did in Nottingham was we watched your first airing of your video that is about your 50 states in 100 days. And I would love you to tell my audience about this because this is a phenomenal story. So please explain what I mean by 50 states in 100 days and yeah. what you did. So uh, first of all, thank you for, for being there. It was very, very special to have you there in the it audience. It meant very the world emotional, to me. I have to say, very emotional. Um, so if for those who haven't heard the story, in the summer of 2015, I quit my job in South Carolina, um, or as uh, Biz Paul would call it, the, the, the bottom right of the states. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love that disambiguation. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I took a road trip uh, solo um, to all 50 U.S. states in, uh, in 100 days. Um, it's about a 15,000-mile uh, drive, uh, plus the flights uh, across to Alaska and Hawaii. Um, now, this ties into social media and social media marketing um, because I became the first person to use both live streaming technology and Snapchat in all 50 states, um, which has kind of become the hook. Um, but much more importantly for me was the work uh, that I had a chance to do with um, <clears throat> a different youth-related nonprofit organization in each state. So I would get to the state the, the day before, wake up, go into, say, the YMCA or the Boys and Girls Club, um, the local Big Brothers Big Sisters chapter, um, and spend a few hours working with and using social media to share the stories of these um, organizations. And uh, as I talked about um, at Marketed Live, it's it's not so much about the the trip anymore. It's about the community that's developed around this project um, because I really did set out to try and make a, a memorable. Uh, digestible story that that sticks with you, um, and we talked about this as well. That mm-hmm. it's it's nice, it's round, it's simple, it's easy to remember. Fifty states, hundred days, and it's it's turned into a, a, a self published book. And as you mentioned, Teresa, um, <clears throat> in the recent months here in the states, we were able to produce um, fifty states, one hundred days. The film uh, in partnership with a company called Schofield Digital Storytelling, based out of Indianapolis, and it's it's twenty two minutes long, and um, it basically tells the story of uh, a number of the organizations. It tells the story uh, of the ups and downs of the adventure, a little bit of the the how-to. And uh, (laughs) my joke is always, Teresa, that uh, I never want to spoil the ending, but he doesn't get the girl at the end. (laughs) So um, it's it's, it's a feel-good story. (laughs) It's it's a fun story. Um, It's a great new medium 
through which to uh, share this adventure, but really it's a great way to bring people together. You know, like, like you said, we had about 15 people there um, yeah. at the Lace Market Hotel. And it's just, it's an experience that, that makes you uh, laugh and it makes you cry and it makes you feel emotional. And, uh, you know, a wise man once said, if you can do those things uh, in a day, um, then you've had a pretty good day. And uh, uh, showing that film, still the only time that, that we've shown it, and we're, we're trying to think of a long-term strategy to release it here in the States and such, but um, it, was, it was an emotional day for me, and I'm, I'm glad it, it had a similarly resounding effect on, on you as well. It did. And I think there was a few things that I took from it and think about it now. And firstly, that we, I guess the first thing is we're all trying to build our businesses. We're all trying to build our profiles, but you seem to have been the one person that I can think of off the top of my head in our industry where you have chose such an amazing cause. But actually, I don't even think it was about you building a profile. I think it was something that you obviously wanted to do and it was such a great cause. And in turn, it's helped build who you are. But I feel like and I could be wrong, but I think I'm right, that you're the type of guy that would have done this regardless, whether it had built your cause or not. Well, yeah, I did. Uh, and that's a, uh, a big part of the film too, is the, uh, the juncture where I felt like quitting and giving it up. Mm. Um, the, the trip was not sponsored in any way. This isn't the yeah. 50 States, 100 Days sponsored by Nike or anything like that. Like it's, it was just a, a labor <laughs> of love. Yeah, well, seriously. Um, but uh, it was quite stressful. and. You know, Teresa, again, in listening to, to some of your podcasts um, in advance of our conversation this morning, uh, one common theme that we, we always hear, not just from Pat and Amy, but from a, a lot of the, the quote unquote really successful entrepreneurs around the world is uh, these years of struggle and these, yeah. these years of trying to figure out the exact direction that we're going in. And uh, mm. I still very much feel like I'm in the midst of those uh, yeah. thunderstorm type years, right? That... Uh, you know, I'm not talking from a, from an audience perspective, but from a from a um, a, a business perspective, yeah. it's been a challenge for me over the years, and it continues to be a challenge. So, uh, you know, what what you have to remember when you're when you're in this entrepreneurial space is that when you believe in what you do, um, the 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 prize, so to speak, might not show up. You know, you're not going to wake up one day and be successful, so to speak. It's a process mm -hmm. that takes years. And I think coming to speak in the UK was part of the process. I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, doing my first keynote last year in Las Vegas was part of the process. Uh, I think publishing the books was part of the process. And I think this, I, I know that this conversation is part of the process, right? And there'll be more podcasts, there'll be more live stream interviews. Um, but, you know, we, 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 we share this experience, Teresa, in that by committing long-term to what we're doing, right? Like I know that you have more podcasts scheduled, you know, that it, it's not about any one individual conversation. It's about the long-term drive and the long-term plan to try and level up, so to speak. Absolutely. And um, what, what, what makes me feel so connected to you is, is the way that you always spin back to how you want to help your audience mm. level up what they're trying to do. That tells me that your heart is a thousand percent in the right place. So when you come up to me in the back of the room at the contemporary and say, Hey, Chris, I'd love to have you on the podcast. The answer is, Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> you know, like all, all I can do is, is try and help lift you up with whatever you're trying to do. If that means being on your podcast, absolutely. If there's something else that I can do for you, absolutely. Because when you see in someone's heart that they're trying to help others and they're trying to do the right thing in their life, 
all you can really ever want to do is try and help them get where, where they want to go. And uh, oh. as one of your, your proud listeners, I think we're, we're all in this together with you, Teresa. Oh, thank you, Chris. Honestly, that is so lovely. You, it, you know, oh, I'm a bit lost words now, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. Um, honestly, because I, I think, like you said, that's kind of the key thing. The people who really want to help, and I really do, and you really do, and and therefore I pray and hope that with our uh, consistency and being tenacious, because actually another thing that stood out about your 50 states, 100 days, was that A, like you said, you weren't sponsored. You had no money that was coming to help you specifically for that per se. You struggled financially to do this, and at points you were almost ready to give up because of how hard it was you were sleeping in the back of your car you were you know this wasn't some kind of luxury trip around america this was oh no no right. it was not this is a real tough trip that you did and you did it to help raise the profile of all these charities that you went to help and not only did you just try and raise their profile you know it's easy for us to share a tweet or you know interview someone live or whatever but the, you actually went and worked in these places too so you were meeting all these new people. And, and I don't know about you, but when I do something like an interview or have to present myself in one way or the other, or if I go live, I'm exhausted afterwards. And you, to do this like almost, you know, a hundred days straight, you must have been absolutely exhausted at the end. Um, it, it's a lot. Um, <laughs> it, I, yes, I, I was quite tired um, on the last day that's uh for certain no i I mean teresa i think it it all comes down to your your big picture plan and for me uh getting older uh and and hopefully becoming more mature um has been a process of trying to think bigger and uh you know i said when the the trip was in progress and when it ended that i i don't know that i would fully recognize the uh the, the, the impact that it had for, you know, at least maybe 10 years. And uh, I'm finding that to be true. You know, it's been more than three years now. Um, and what's really special is that it, it has legs, right? It, it, yeah. it, when, when you share this story with somebody, um, it, it motivates you, it energizes you. Mm-hmm. Now, from a business perspective, is it, has it been a great business model? Not yet. You know, um, you know I, I posted on Facebook uh, the other day sarcastically that my book is like the 2,220,000th oh, yeah. <laughs> most popular book on Amazon. And it's true, you know. So again, th- this comes down to perspective, right? That it, 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 yeah. The book is more popular than the average book, right? Because I think there's something like 5 million books on Amazon. Great. But again, Teresa... If someone's listening to this podcast and they feel inspired, they feel energized, they feel motivated, yeah. and then they go out and buy the book, like you go to amazon.co.uk or whatever it is yeah. <laughs> over on, on your side of the pond, and you get the book, you know, um, yes, I'll make a few uh, uh, pounds, right? And I still have some pounds in my wallet, by the way. I forgot to switch them back. Um, <laughs> Ready but, for the next trip. Uh, yes, I'm, 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 I'm stoked, Biz Paul. But uh, it, for me, it's it's... It's not, and it's never been about the money. It's about the emotion and the energy. And even the book says it on the cover that it's a heartfelt hug for humanity. And uh, for me, knowing that there are people out there that carry my book with them in their purse or in their backpack or keep it in their car, um, I mean, that's irreplaceable. How How do you even quantify that you know what you can't put words on that 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 my book can lift people up in times of need 
mm -hmm. uh, that to me means more than, you know, seven or eight dollars, you know, from yeah. somebody buying a book. That, that's, that's changing someone's life. I, you know, I and I agree. I, I think that the book is so beautiful, the story is so beautiful, and I totally agree with you that although, don't get me wrong, we'd all love number one bestseller and all that money that would come with that, but actually, it's the individual stories of people reading it and thinking, wow, how does this impact me and what's it done to my life and, and what can I take from this that is so powerful, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and um, when we think about the, the scope of our impact on the world, right? Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot about how I'll be remembered when I die. Yeah. And I don't, I don't ever take tomorrow for granted, you know, especially as, as someone who travels a lot and, uh, you know, with all the things that have happened in the world, yeah. world especially over the last couple of years. And uh, quite frankly, driving a lot is not the safest uh, hobby, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that if, if something happened to me tomorrow or even today, uh, I want to be remembered as someone who gave everything that he had to try and help others and to try and make, to leave a positive mark on the world. And, um, Teresa, I talk sometimes about how, you know, five, six years ago, before I started all this adventure and nonprofit work, mm -hmm. um, that I used to wake up in cold sweats in the middle of the night, just having nightmares, uh, about dying and, since I completed 50 States, 100 Days, uh, it's never happened once. Um, wow. You know, that it's, it's really, it's a matter of being happy with who you are and what you're about as a person. And uh, again, I know that sounds lovey-dovey and it sounds like so sort of uh, existential, um, you know, for a listener who might be, you know, working a nine to five every day. But um, again, I, I wouldn't trade what I have right now for the world. Um, you know, or for a lot of money, because I, I have that happiness and I have that internal satisfaction that uh, I certainly did not have, even when I had more money and more job security um, a few years ago. And, and it, it, it sounds, I'm sure it sounds crazy to hear, but, um, you know, when, when, you, when you meet someone like Teresa and, and you, you get that hug and, and you see in someone's eyes that you've had an impact on their life, you, you, you can't replace that. No. You, you, there's no words. There's no words. And, and no amount of money, you know, because like you said, the, the difference that you're making around what you've done and not only to the people who are watching it, but, you know, we've not even talked about all the people that you touched during those days. Like, you know, you were physically in all these places with all these different young people and adults and, and bringing people onto your live streaming that perhaps had never done it before or had a story to tell and you got all that message out there. So to impact all of those people as well. That is just phenomenal, isn't it? It's such an yeah. amazing story. And I do I mean, urge anybody to go and get the book. And if you get the opportunity to watch the video, because I know you've said, Chris, that you don't want to stream it out there as in just put it on YouTube or something. You want them to be viewing. So if you do get the chance, then do watch it because it's so good. It's a special thing to me that, that uh, you know, there's, if you want to see me on video, there's about 50,000 uh, YouTube videos and I'm on Instagram stories every day and stuff like that. But I think this really ties back to um, the experience that we were talking about before of uh, being there in person. And there's, there's nothing that can replace being yeah. there in person. You know, for me, 50 States, 100 days, it sure would have been a lot easier to set up a little video studio in my apartment and, uh, you know, do a, a BeLive interview or something with, different nonprofits around the country. And I'm not saying that that, that wouldn't be impactful, um, but the true impact is walking in the door. It's uh, you know, giving somebody a hug. It's, it's playing yeah. basketball with the kids or 
you know, chopping onions in Colorado and, you know, pouring uh, mulch around the house in, uh, you know, Covenant House in Alaska. Um, there's so many stories like that. And again, it's a testament, not, not just to the book and to the film, but to the idea of having these experiences in person, right? Yeah. That uh, Teresa and I could, could uh, watch each other on Instagram stories for years, mm-hmm. but nothing will ever replace the, the, the time that we had a couple weeks ago in Nottingham, you know? Uh, and for better or for worse, we'll always be remembered by the way that we uh, put ourselves out there in real life, mm-hmm. right? And Teresa, you're so lovely, so warm, so kind, so generous on social media, but I can, I can assure all of your listeners who haven't been lucky enough yet to find you in person that uh, she is the real deal in person as well. And, and that, that ultimately, is, ultimately is what matters most. Oh, Chris, you're too kind. You know that, too, too kind. So, Chris, what I want to do quickly is um, let me just talk about the live stream elements and the fact that you chose to do it live stream. Because when I talk to my audience, and you must have the same, that live stream puts the fear of God into people. They literally, <laughs> like, sure. you could tell them to go and jump off, you know, a bungee jump rope or something, and they would probably feel more at ease than doing a live stream. What was it about the live stream that you thought was important? And then, do you have any top tips or thoughts on how you can kind of make people want to perhaps do some more live streaming or why they should do some live streaming? Well, sure. I mean, there, there's two major aspects. There's a lot of major aspects to it, but there's, there's two ways that I'll answer this question. One, from a, a content marketing perspective, um, doing 50 states, 100 days, being on the go so much, um, live streaming was kind of the only solution, right? That yeah. I didn't have time to uh, set up all the different shots and uh, especially, you know, get back in the, you know, especially when you're driving yourself around, you don't have the, the, the time to edit stuff together, to download it all to this laptop, to put it into, you know, uh, Final Cut Pro and uh, yeah. upload it to these different channels. No, like this was, okay, we're here. We're going to go, uh, you know, play tag or uh, cook some soup or whatever. Um, and then we're on to the next thing. So um, what I love uh, about live streaming is that it makes you really just kind of be yourself. Uh, to to steal and it, if you're if you're listening at home, it took Chris Strub about 32 minutes to drop a fanzoism. <laughs> Every podcast <laughs> that I do, I, I drop at least one Brian Fanzo, uh, you know, catchphrase, uh, and it, it took me a little while. But the idea of being yourself, um, I think, is so important, and live streaming gives you the best opportunity to be yourself, right? To be interactive, to be engaging to be conversational, but also to be conversational with the audience would be the other big part of it, right? That live streaming isn't just about you, the broadcaster. It's about the interactions and the conversations that you have with the people who are out there, right? So you and I were having a conversation uh, on Zoom. You know, it's, it's one-to-one and then we'll put it out so everybody else can listen to it. Great. Yeah. There, there are a number of other ways that we could have this conversation. Like, like if we were on Instagram live, yeah. then we would be having a conversation between the two of us. But people could participate and comment and really help shape the conversation as we go. And, and that was the other big key about live streaming is that the work that you do as a nonprofit is not about what you do. It's about what your community needs. It's about what the people that you're serving need, right? So when you're live streaming, 
for better or for worse, you're able to have a conversation with people out there that want to engage with you. Now, where does that get tricky from a nonprofit perspective that I didn't give it all of this thought beforehand? That we talk about the 99-1 rule, uh, I talk about this on stage too, that when you put content out there, 90% of people won't comment on it, they won't uh, like it, they won't share it, um, but they will be impacted by what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that, that I emphasize a lot now these days is that if you're a nonprofit, when you put your content out there, that 99-1 rule is skewed even more into that 90 because the people that need to hear from you are much less likely to say something because they're in need. Why would I comment on a, a, a video that says, uh, you know, I'm uh, addicted and I need help or, oh, I need information about the food bank or um, I need tax help, whatever it is. It's so, so important for organizations to remember to put themselves out there because even if they're not getting that traditional social media engagement, those messages are still being listened to. They're still being watched by the people that really need them in their communities. And uh, that's where that belief and that, that, uh, that determination still needs to come into play, that you put yourself out there and the people that need to hear your message now have the opportunity to hear it when they need it. That's so good. And that is also such a good point that I think everyone in social media world, you know, anybody who has a, runs any social media account, they get so wrapped up in how many people are following the page, how many comments they get, how many likes they get, how many, how many, all these things, things that will validate to them that they're doing the right thing. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying those things aren't important in some way, but you've just made such a good um, point there, Chris, the fact that actually those people who need those services, like you said, are very unlikely to engage, share, comment, like, they're just going to watch it and go, okay, I might do something with that. And they might get in touch right. in their own way, or they might read something or look at something, or it might inspire them to do something. So actually, sometimes we need to kind of get over our own egos. And sometimes it is that, isn't it? You know, it's, it's the fact that we want to be seen and heard and, and we want our message to go far and wide and people to engage with us. But actually, sometimes you don't need that. You just need to say it because someone probably is listening that, that needs that help. Yeah, and um, Teresa, uh, boy, I feel bad. I'm going to drop another fanzoism, right? <laughs> the idea of think, thinking like a fan, right? Think like a viewer. Think about what they're trying to get out of um, the content that you're putting out there. And it's not just from the nonprofit perspective. It's, it's from a traditional business perspective um, or it's, and or it's from a personal brand perspective, yeah. right? I know that if, if, I, if I go dark, if I don't post something on my Instagram story for a few days, there are people that are legitimately worried and concerned yeah. about me, right? They're, they're like, where's Chris? Are you okay? Like, did something happen? Um, I know that, that by putting myself out there, um, even just by smiling or if I take a picture at Planet Fitness or, uh, you know, a boomerang of the Honda Hotel or something like that, that uh, it, it's not about me trying to sell books or sell courses yeah. or, you know, build the brand or anything like that. It's at the end of the day, social media is really about I think letting other people know that you're okay and, and yeah. vice versa, right? Like yeah, we, we, we get so caught up in this, these uh, content cycles of feeling like we need to create, create, create all the time. But really to me, social media is about connecting with people um, when you need it, right? Uh, if, if I need it and look, I would, I would say this to you and, and vice versa. Like if you needed something, 
you could tweet to me. You could send me an Instagram message. You could send me a Facebook message and I'll, I'll, I'll be there for you. Right. That's, that's what social media is really about. Right. We see that the messenger, right. And, and Instagram DMS far outpace the idea of uh, how many people are watching our stories. It's like two or three to one, you know, and it's, it's growing even more. This is why messenger bots are becoming such a thing, right. That, it, it's not about this, this uh, one-to-many conversations anymore. It's about those, those personal, uh, intimate one-to-one conversations that are about exactly what your customer is about. And maybe you can use your one-to-many content strategy to get people into that, uh, that one-on-one conversation that's going to allow you to uh, close the sale, so to speak. Yeah. And it's so funny because I, I mentioned to you that I'd not long done my TED X talk and one of part of my talk was well one I was talking about my passion for social media and why I think it's changed the face of marketing and I wanted to really get across the fact that I do love social media and actually sometimes it gets a lot of negative press it gets a lot of stuff around it that says you know it's not good for your mental health and young people and this sort of thing and I get it however I do also think there is some positive elements of it and one of the things I did in my talk and I think you're going to love this Chris is I wanted to get across the fact of how how cool it is that we can reach out to people across the world and build relationships with people. And there's a guy that I started talking to on Instagram who lives in the Cook Islands. And now when I started talking to him, I had no idea where the Cook Islands was. It literally is in the middle of the ocean on the other side of the earth. Like it's this tiny little island in the middle of nowhere. And we started talking because he saw that I posted something about Pat or I shared something or whatever. And it turned out that we, we both work on social media and we like social media and we started talking. Anyway, as part of my TEDx talk, which hopefully you'll see when I get to share it, is I got him to record a video for me on his phone, which I then played during my talk. And he sort of was recording video on a beach in the Cook Islands saying, hello, TEDx Telford, where my talk was, Uh, you know, have a great time and whatever, whatever, you know, his name was Tony, he's from the Cook Islands and, you know, come and visit us sometime. And I just thought that that, and the audience loved it, by the way, they were literally like clapping and howling, they were so pleased. I just thought that was the best thing in the world. I just think the fact that I met some guy from the Cook Islands, that is just, I do not think this world is amazing. It blows my mind on a regular basis. Uh, it's it that's incredible, and that's a super cool story. Uh, I don't know that I know anyone in the in the Cook Islands, so um, <laughs> I'll have to have you introduce me. That'd be super cool. But um, <laughs> I, I not, not only is is that story fantastic, but I I think it's the idea too that uh, we think about the phone book, or we think about the community maybe that we grew up in, right? Where we. Um, you know, we become friends with our next door neighbors. Yeah. You know, maybe we go to the, the, the party around the block. Then we go to college and it's like, okay, these are the people that uh, I wish I had grown up around, right? Like we all share this sort of common bond. But again, it's really people that are from sort of your, you know, for me, New York State, you know, or from the Northeast for the most part. Um, social media has, has allowed us to reach the, the, the absolute next level. Right, that if you want to tap into communities, if you want to have conversations with people in pretty much any country, the opportunity is there. Right, and I've I've been a guest on Twitter chats. I've done podcasts with people from so many different. I, you know, I, I met a girl from New Zealand uh, about a month ago, and all I did, Teresa, was I was I was proactive about um, trying to 
as we were talking about before, build my brand, get, my, get the word out there about the book, about the courses and stuff. So I did a search on Twitter, right? And I, I, I basically searched for, uh, you know, looking for podcast guests. And I found this, uh, this young woman in New Zealand and I sent her a tweet. She tweeted me right back and we're on opposite sides of the earth. Yeah. And that led us to have like an hour long conversation kind of like this. Um, that I was one of her very first podcast guests. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. You know, like when you step back and you, you, you take off your social media hat and your marketing hat for a moment and put on like your, your, your regular Joe hat, right? Like, hey, dad, yeah, what, what did you do today? Oh, I had, a, I had an hour-long recorded conversation with a, a marketer from New Zealand. And yeah. now anyone in the world can listen to that at the touch of a button for free. Honestly. What? <laughs> I, I know, like, I know. It's crazy, crazy good, isn't it? And I feel a bit, it's, of a, a bit of a geek that I properly geek out on this stuff. But honestly, you just need to look not even 10 years back. You know, th- the way the world is now, I just think we are in a very good time to be alive, I think, and have a business and run our businesses. The opportunities that afford us in business as well as personal lives are huge. I, I agree 100%. Um, and it, it's really, really sad sometimes that uh, a lot of people think the opposite, right? They think that this is one of the worst times to live in, uh, like, oh, these, this is the end of days, everything here is so uh, awful and uh, politically charged, and there's so much hatred in the world. Uh, we live in one of the happiest, over, yeah. uh, for the most part, one of the happiest, most supportive communities uh, in the world, right? This, yeah. this social media marketing community. Now, that's not to say that there aren't some disagreements and yeah. some uh, battles and some interpersonal uh, issues and stuff, but for the most part, as we've talked about, especially at, at these different events that uh, you and I will be attending, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I know I'll be back at social media. Mar- Are you coming to social media marketing yeah, world? Yeah, I'm there. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So social media marketing world is just filled with again representatives from around the world. People fly from around the world to come together to take pictures together, to uh, have hugs and share drinks and and learn and grow and. Uh, think about ways to collaborate. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And the more exposure that we can get to this beautiful side of social media, the better, right? Because again, we, we all still just kind of live in our own little bubble. We are all famous to a few people, you know, but the, the more exposure we can get even to some of our uh, quote unquote mainstream ambassadors, right? This is why I love rooting for Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Like, Put, put Gary Vaynerchuk on every television show out there because <laughs> Gary, Gary stands for us, right? Yeah. Like yeah. We, we love Gary. He loves us. You know, he may not, he may be at the scale now where he physically cannot respond to everybody that's uh, having communi- uh, conversations with him. But at the very least, he spends many hours a day trying, yeah. you know, and I think that's the level uh, that uh, entrepreneurs like us can aspire to, right? Is, Man, Teresa's getting so many downloads and so many tweets and so many Instagram messages about her podcast that she can hardly keep up with it, right? You have to hire a team to, uh, you know, to manage your messages and everything. Um, that's, that, that's a great, great level to aspire to, you yeah. know? Yeah, it is. And actually, the, the number of people who have been um, 
impacted by what Gary Vee has done. And I know I've read his books and I follow his stuff and I watch some of his stuff. And But just the sheer kind of um, impact he has by trying to help people. And actually, he is kind of, you know, the king of trying to help people, isn't he? Because that is his whole premise. He just wants to give that advice, give that support and try and build people up to be brilliant. So he is a great person for us to look up to. It's about surprise and delight at the end of the day, right? Like he does, he does some really, really magnificent things. I, I, you know, my, my friend, uh, Bo, uh, is in a, uh, he's in a wheelchair. Um, and he's just this wonderful, wonderful guy. And, uh, you know, Bo is a big, big Gary Vaynerchuk fan, and he replies to all his tweets and his Instagram comments. I'm sure he's in the 62nd Club and everything. And about a month ago, um, Bo tweeted to Gary like, "Hey, man, it's my my life dream is to come to New York City and to meet you." And wouldn't you know, Gary Vaynerchuk himself tweeted back to him, "Hey, Bo, let's make this happen. I'll have my team fly you up here. Let us know when you're available." He got Bo on a plane to New York City, set him up in a hotel, brought him into VaynerMedia, met with Bo for like 30 minutes, like, and just totally breathed like everything into this guy um, in person, right? And, you know, Bo has, I don't know how many Twitter followers Bo has, maybe a hundred, right? Like he's, he's, he's no, he's not a big uh, speaker or author. No, no. Other than being nuts. No. Yeah. He said, you know what? This guy says that his dream is to meet me. I'm going to make his dream come true. And Gary has the resources to do that, you know, as a a multi-million dollar CEO. And that tells me everything that you ever need to know about this guy, right? In just a moment. And and there are hundreds of stories like that about Gary and just the way that he has gone above and beyond to surprise people, you know, telling people to tweet him their phone number and he'll, he'll call them, yeah. right? He yeah. did, uh, you know, I used to do a lot of the um, Snapchat takeovers and Instagram takeovers and, and Gary jumped on that train where he was just jumping on people's accounts just to give them value without expecting anything in return. Um, just massive, massive stuff from a guy that is at the absolute top of his industry yeah. and, uh, you know, has so many different things that he could be doing with his time. But, um, you know, it was just so, so cool uh, to see the way that Bo's, uh, you know, just life lit up, you know, flying up to New York City uh, for that day. I mean, talk about an incredible experience, you know? That, like so. you said, you know, often, um, sometimes when you you reach out to bigger people and, and you know, they're kind of thinking, okay, well, how many followers have you got? How many downloads have you got? Or whatever it might be. But for someone the size of Gary to to go to that effort, to do that thing with no agenda, no kind of real, it, you know, it's not like he was meeting up with Tony Robbins. You know what I mean? Right, this is, right, yeah. This is just a, a standard person who can't, I, I don't know, I was going to, I said I don't know from Bo, but can't do anything per se for Gary. You know, it's not like he can bring his audience to Gary's audience. You know, it, it, he, he did it purely because he wanted to be nice. And that is just crazy, isn't it? You know, it's, it, it's crazy in the, the best possible way. And uh, I was so, so happy for Bo because he's a good friend and just mm. the nicest guy you'll ever meet. But, you know, this, this, this ties back to a big point that I talk a lot about uh, on social media that uh, following is not a binary thing. Right, that uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram, it it gives us this feeling that uh, either you follow me, 
or yeah. you don't follow me. And that's just not at all. That's not how life works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I follow Biz Paul on Twitter and he follows me. Um, but Biz Paul also probably follows, you know, 2000 other people, yeah. but he's not, you know, he's not bringing in 2000 other people to, to keynote at his conference. Yeah. Right. There, it, it's about the depth and the complexity and the nature of the relationship that you build with people. And so it's not a zero or one scenario to me, it's a zero to a hundred scenario. Right. And for me, it, it's, it's not about how many people can I, can I get to follow me, so to speak. It's how many people can you get to think that you are the reason that you use social media, yeah. right? You are the reason that I love the internet. You are the yeah. reason that I listen to podcasts, right? How can I take you from, from zero or one to a hundred? How can I make you feel like, uh, how can I make it feel like I am the, the most valuable asset um, in your social media arsenal? And, and when it comes down to it, when other people are asking you, okay, well, who do you like to watch on Instagram stories or who do you follow on Twitter? It warms my heart and it's really, really special to see people mention me in different yeah. posts or uh, you know, put on a list. I've been mentioned in like Inc and Forbes and stuff like that. And it's like, that's a product of the hard work that you put in when no one else is watching, you yeah. know? Absolutely. And yeah. so when, when, you, when you think about that, don't think about how many followers you can gather. Think about how many people you can bring to that 100 level how many people will, will get up and fly across the pond to come see you in los angeles next week you know like um yeah. and and that was really really cool to see so many of the, the we call them the social media besties you know flying in from around europe um yeah a couple of weeks ago to come to marketed live um so that it's just super super cool to to see that sort of uh love and appreciation and dedication and I love that because you're right there. Although I follow lots of different people on lots of different platforms, there are certain people that one keep getting thrown up into my feed because obviously I watch them so much and the algorithm goes, you like these, we're going to show you more of this, but you purposefully go and want to see their update or you want to see the thing they're doing and you make sure you go out of your way to do that. And I think that's really cool to think that you might be that for someone else is really awesome. Chris, do you know what? I could sit and talk to you all day because it's yeah. so lovely to talk to you. And Marketed Live was a few weeks ago now, wasn't it? So, and it feels like it was so much longer than that ago. Um, but it's been so nice to talk to you. Chris, what can we do for you? Like, what is coming? What do you want to promote? What, what do you need help with? Because all I ever see is you help so many other people. And what can we do to help you? Boy, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I recently released a set of courses uh, of my own. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we went on the air about <laughs> how yeah. I, I maybe need to raise the price to about $3,500 to make them <laughs> more appealing. But, um, you know, I, I created a course uh, at learnigstories.com. Um, that it basically, uh, and I loved how you were talking about this with Amy about uh, creating something timeless, right? Yeah. That uh, this course, again, Instagram stories seems to, seems to change every day. The course is really timeless because I focus on how you can build relationships um, through this platform. And ultimately, if you're a fan of Teresa, you know that that's the most important mm -hmm. thing. Um, uh, the, the other thing that I would mention, Teresa, is the book, right? 50 States, yeah. 100 Days, the book. It's, uh, I'm very, very proud of the, the stories within. And there is a, a burgeoning community of people who have created video reviews of the book. So if someone is listening and they feel inspired by the adventure, 
Um, if you wanted to take uh, just a couple minutes uh, and film a video review of the book, I would love to add it to uh, my YouTube library and my Facebook page. Uh, and you can join this community of people from around the world uh, who have uh, come together uh, through this project. So uh, that, that's two really great ways to support me if you're interested. Um, great. And all of this information is at team, teamstrub.com. Brilliant. And we will obviously link up to everything in the show notes anyway. So if you are looking for that, then you'll find all the links there as well. Chris, it's been a delight to have you on. And I am so glad that I can help share your amazing story, which I do think is sort of far and beyond so many that we hear because it's about other people and not just about a struggling business story it's so much more than that and I do think you are destined to have amazing things because like you said you know even when times are a bit tough we are building our story and you are building an amazing story so thank you so much Chris I've loved having you on the podcast um, likewise, this has been fantastic. I am so, so grateful uh, to you and to everyone who's listened all the way through. Um, it really, really does mean the world to, to both of us. So thank, thank you, you, Teresa, for, for creating this forum for us. And uh, until next time. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that interview and found the story about what Chris did as fascinating as I did. He gave some great tips away and some really interesting things that I just want to touch upon. Firstly, I love the fact that the reason he used live stream is because he couldn't and didn't have the time to do all the editing to create an amazing polished finished video. And actually, I think if you're in business, this is something you need to think about because although we would always love to have these amazing videos and beautifully produced and have a film crew come in and do it, actually, sometimes the most important thing is that you just have a video. And a live stream video is a great way of at least getting out there if you haven't got that finished polished video. So I really, really enjoyed that. Also, I loved hearing the story about Gary Vee and what he did for his friend. That was so cool too. And I do genuinely really want to help Chris because I feel like he really has given up so much of his time for other people. And I want to see if I can help him and help promote his things. So as I said in the show notes, www.teresaheathwearing.com forward slash 34 is the links to all his things. So link to his book. And actually I hadn't read his book. I'd watched the film and obviously saw the story, but I have just ordered my copy of the book. And I've also linked up his courses. The other thing I've linked up to, which has only just come out today, strangely enough, as I'm recording this, Chris's latest blog post is all about 56 women that he thinks are amazing on stage. And I am very honoured that he has included me as one of those 56. So that is super. So I'm going to link up that blog post as well. But please do go and check him out because he really is such a cool, nice guy. So next week is back to a solo episode. And then the week after that, I've got Brian Fanzo on the podcast. So that is a really cool one. I interviewed Brian's the other day because I'm trying to get ahead. I say this all the time and I never quite manage it. I am trying to get ahead because at the end of this week, I am back off to California. I have a conference to go to, which is put on by James Wedmore because I'm part of his business by design. So I'm super excited about spending a few days in LA and then spending a few more days in Laguna Beach. And then the day I fly back, we're flying back a little bit earlier than planned, 
is because I've been nominated for a national award. In fact, two national awards. I've been nominated for Social Media Marketer of the Year. And I've also been shortlisted for another award at the same event where it's a business to business social media campaign. So I am really excited, keeping everything crossed, that hopefully I will come away from that event with one of those awards. That would be awesome. Have an awesome week and I can't wait to see you again next week. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 